with Mo. What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. This is episode 66. We're 600 away from our goal. And on this episode, we're first joined by Koopy to talk about writing cursive, uh, the TV show Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, The Amazing Race. And then Koopy talks about the book she read in May. And then we have Justin Shelton, lead singer of New Time Zones on. Uh, we just do basically talk about his music career and then me trying to make music. Uh, and then a bunch of that shit back and forth. And then we briefly touch on some uh, college memories. Uh, we'll have to have him on again, but uh, thanks for checking out the podcast. What up? We're joined by Koopy. Hello. So you know what that means? Books. <laughs> Books. Um, Books are our friends. Yeah, I mean, Books I have take you on adventures. At least a couple things before we got to books. Um, okay. Just a couple. One. Th- something I can rant on for this episode is all these fucking old people, right? Not even old people. People my age are a little younger than me, and they're like, "Kids can't read cursive," or "Kids today can't write cursive," so we're gonna win the war. It starts at dawn, and it'll be like cursive font. I don't know if you've seen these memes, but it's like this huge. It's like the Tide Pod thing. It's like this thing that like, and definitely more conservative people on my friends list. They hold on to this whole like we can write cursive sort of thing, and I'm like, I don't know if kids can write cursive today. I don't know. You would know more than me. They cannot. Some very few can. There are a few, but they're like the ones who enjoy learning, right? And they want to master. It's not really taught. That's like interesting. Because that I remember, like, like in to be. fourth and fifth grade for us, it, it was, was like a mandatory. big fucking deal. Well, they the thing is, is in our when we, I was in school, it was like yes, you learn it in the third grade and you use it through third grade, but then you don't really address it again. Right. You just do it. And so I think people learn it, but then they don't ever actually use it later. Oh, yeah. We had to. But I can remember one point in my career when a young man really wanted to learn cursive. And so I printed off. He was in high school. I printed off the alphabet in cursive for him. And he worked all semester on learning how to write in cursive. So some of them will go. Right. The extra mile. It's interesting. See, to me, there's so many computer fonts that are cursive. They could clearly read it. Well, it depends. If the M is a true M in cursive, they get confused because that's three humps. Well, that extra hump there? Yeah. Right. And there are certain, like, Zs look weird. Like, I have written a Z, like, quiz right. on the board, and people are like, what's wrong with your, what's that? What's that? Like, they get confused. See, Some of them recognize it, but they wouldn't ever naturally write it. Right. I was a very curious kid, so, like, I've mentioned how I could kind of read before kindergarten like i knew certain words because i'd be like what's that word what's that word sort of idea and i remember my grandma showing me cursive before i was ever in kindergarten of like this is how i write my name and showed me like a cursive s because her name's sherry and me being like whoa yeah that's yeah. fucking weird there have been many times where i have written comments in the margins and a student will ask me to read it to them because they don't know what it says but so I don't- maybe i'm out of line maybe the it is a problem that kids can't read cursive I just I don't know this argument about. Well, it's always this thing of like, 
kids eating Tide Pods and can't read cursive. Like it's like this big thing well, on kids okay. not being able to read. Like they're all stupid and dumb, and we're better because we can write cursive. Where I'm like, chances are it's probably not the most extremely useful thing in the world. From an- educators standpoint the fear would be that they are going to lose a chunk of their history because they can't read historical documents see i would make the argument at least for now that uh the internet and archiving things has archived pretty much everything from history that would have been worth um doing and then anyone that would need to decipher stuff we have people currently they go to school to decipher things so they would just do that in the future if they were like we have to read the relics of shakespeare well not necessarily Famous literature, but like your grandmother's cookbook or someone's right. diary from years ago. Yeah, you would take that to the new specialist that can still read <laughs> cursive and they'll digitize it for you. Or old postcards or like things written on the back of old pictures. So anyway, I guess that's a real thing. Um, I write horrible penmanship, both um, print and cursive. Mine is a combination of the two in my own no, for style. Sure. For sure, mine as well. Um, mine just looks bad. I try to write really small and fast and... Then I try to read those, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is really hard. I barely can read my own writing, so I don't expect anyone else to be able to uh, read it personally. You would be surprised at people who have way worse handwriting than you. Right. I know I've shown you some. (laughs) But I think there's a difference between, like, bad like mine and then it's, like, all cluttered and kind of weird weird flow to it. And then there's some that are, like, real spaced out. And you're like, whoa. How does anyone write like that? Like, there's a lot of gap between letters. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's interesting the variety of penmanship for sure. Right. Um, all right. My other one is we've been watching some TV shows. So I feel like we can get into that for the lazy people who don't read, you know. One that's probably not on your list to talk about that I would like to shout out is Sabrina. It's really good. Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Yeah, the new Netflix version of it, not the old 90s sitcom. Sitcom's good, too, but the new show is good season, I don't even know. They've been releasing them like crazy, Uh, two, I think, already, maybe two and a half. I don't know how they're doing it, but it's already out, and it's really good, and I watched it, I think, after the last time I was on. So shout out to, to that if you like witchy stories right it's good some good witch shit yeah as i would say um <laughs> i like the actress from mad men because mad men yeah, i probably can't remember my her name but she's great second favorite show of all time if i had she's sally draper <laughs> right. um yeah that show's good we watched the amazing race which is one that's like most people our age probably don't watch or whatever but me, it's a good one this and, year. You know, I mentioned before, Powell, you know, he used to do this podcast stuff. We bonded very much over our love of CBS reality shows, mainly Big Brother, because we both grew up in a household in which, like, his grandma and my mom watched it and the other CBS shows. So we were like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's watch this. And so we always liked Survivor and Amazing Race as well, but not as much as Big Brother. And then me and you have watched some Amazing Race and Big Brother and Survivor Amazing Race seasons here or there. And a lot, all the big brothers since we and all the big brothers for sure. And so this season of Amazing Race, basically what we did was we we're like, do we want to watch another one of Survivor because we've watched the last two and it's like they fucking just pump them out. They're just they, an, yeah, it's, it's just another and another, and they're very similar. Right. So I was like, I don't know if we really want to watch another one. And we were just wanting something to watch the other day, and you were like, let's do Amazing Race. Click that. It was an all star season of like 
all people that have been on Survivor, Big Brother, and Amazing Race. Yeah. So it made We it, recognized a majority of them. Right. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is super cool. So we've enjoyed that show. And I know it's like kind of dumb, and I'm sure some of it's rigged in a way to make it, you know, it is. So what you see is, you know, all exciting and all that. But it's a fucking fun, entertaining uh, little reality show. Yeah. And it, well, it's just fun because you do get to see little glimpses of other cultures right and me and you normally laugh at things of like uh so they were in uganda on this last episode and someone was like hey we should uh get these people or it was the mom it was rachel's team right i was like we want another mom oh yeah and then this when lady was just like teacher. looking at her like <laughs> shut the fuck up like y'all are so privileged like they start bitching about someone and like the locals looking at the americans being like God, Some of them so get really annoying. hype and are totally cool with the right. cameras and the show, and they're like, oh, then, what's going but on? But the best but ones are the ones that are over it. There are some in the background all the time that are like, what is going Who? Or they're like, you just or ruined the cab my- drivers. You ruined my fucking day at work because <laughs> y'all decided to set up shop and toss my, fucking, my fish market's fish around, and then you want to yell at me for not moving fast enough. So I enjoy some parts of that aspect of it. <laughs> it's interesting. Definitely culture shock. It's interesting to see culture shock on these uh, very privileged people. Right. And as I have traveled a little bit, not a lot. Right. But it is jarring when you go to foreign countries. It can be very um, – make you miss home, homesick for sure. Right. That's why I'm I think never I would be very America. emotional. Uh, so, like, you know, I have some international friends made through uh, this <laughs> podcast, and I would – Okay, I'd probably go to Australia because they seem pretty much like a Western civilization and everyone speaks English or basically English. It's like an Australian English. I and don't know if they'd welcome us. I don't know. Australia I know like one Americans? Guy, I know one guy who likes me. Um, <laughs> so we'll be okay there. And I know you want to go to like England and I'm yes. like, okay, they speak, speak English maybe. But anywhere where I have to learn another language and only because I took Russian in high school and I was horrible at it. I could never take Spanish because I was like, I worked in a watermelon field with a bunch of people. And all I learned was one word after weeks and weeks, which was agua. <laughs> when I've traveled to South America, it was with a fluent Spanish speaker. So I had the privilege of not having to struggle through that. Right. Um, but I did pick up a few phrases here and there that were definitely helpful. But it's very easy to offend if you don't. Right. I'm no 13th warrior. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm trying this, really hard through my files and my brain. It was this I don't movie, know. I believe, and I could be wrong on the name, and if so, I'm going to look like an idiot, but I'm going to go on a limb and say it. It was this movie, and this guy's, like, captured, um, and then he, like, but he's really good at picking up languages, so he learns their language as a prisoner of war, but it's set in some sort of medievalish time period thing. I don't fucking know. We got some weird gnat flying around driving us crazy, by the way. I don't know what I, I'm going to need to know, like, who, I mean, it who, who produced the show. I think or? it stars like Antonio Banderas. Yeah. No, I don't know who it stars. Jokes. I'm probably way off. And <laughs> it's probably not even the right name. But 13th anyway, Warrior. you're here because another month has passed. And, and when that happens, you talk about all the books you've read in that month because you're a big book reader and you set goals of like, I'm going to read all these books in a year. And then some are good, some are bad, and you'll let us know. Yeah, and some of them I do on Audible with the help of audiobooks. Right. Um, which is a new thing for me within the, like the last since January. So I, 
I think it helps me get through more books. I'll be real honest. I don't think without with without Audible, I would get through as many. Well, it takes like twice as long to get through one with Audible. But you can multitask. Right. So, so if I go. need to do some laundry, I can. I don't have to put the book down. Right. Or if I want to take the dog to the park, I can listen to a chapter while I walk. So there are some perks to Audible, but it does make me feel a bit of a cheater. And I don't really know if I can claim that I have read 100% of these word for word with. Right. For instance, I claim I've read the Game of Thrones book or a Song of Ice Fire books once and then listened to the audiobooks once. Well, like, for example, the first three books that I read in the month of May are a trilogy called Caraval. Um, I don't know if, I guess that's the whole series, Caraval 1, 2, and 3. Uh, Caraval, Legendary, Classic, and Finale. Yeah, uh, by Stephanie Garber. And I definitely listened and followed along with every single word in this book, with the first one, because it's right. the first in a series. You definitely need to pay attention and really get down what's happening. This And uh, the second book is told from a different perspective, and I didn't like it as much, so it was a little bit harder. But to give you a little bit of information on the story, um, it is a fantasy world that has this like game that comes – to a new town once a year and it never repeats like the same town twice. And the game is called Caraval and it's an interactive game where the participants are like a part of the show. So you're saying get like a game show, but it's like within a town. Right. But it's like, is there TV cameras? In no, the show or, no. Okay, so it's like a carnival. Yes. Carnival, Caraval. You kind of get the, the, it's like a circus festival game that and it lasts for five days and so the story takes place over these five days and five nights and the games are played in the evening and then it's like resting doing your own thing during the daytime gotcha um and the main character is a girl named scarlet drogna and it opens up with her and her sister donatella and they have like this controlling abusive type emotionally abusive father maybe physically abusive um and the older sister, Scarlett, is arranged to be married, and she thinks um, she's never going to get to go to this Caraval game. You kind of have to be selected. And she writes uh, to Legend, who is the Caraval master, every year begging to be invited. And she's about to be engaged and go off and do her own new life, and she thinks she's never going to get to play in this game. But it turns out this year she gets her letter and she gets to go and she plays Carval with her sister. So it's like Hunger Games. And they meet this sailor guy along the way, um, Julian. And very quickly, Donatella is taken. Um, and I'm not really spoiling anything for the whole story because this is like the catalyst for the plot. Uh, Donatella is taken and it turns out her younger sister is a part of the plot of the game and Scarlet's mission along with all the other people is to find Donatella and whoever finds her is the winner of Caraval and they get a wish granted by legend, the Caraval master. He's kind of like a magical person. Um, so she believes everything in the game is just pretend like it's all just an elaborate illusion. Even if somebody dies, it's not real. Like 
you can, it, it can mess with your mind and you have to separate, you know, the game from reality. But it's very dark and she quickly realizes that maybe there's more to this game than meets the eye. And so I can't really say much more about it or else I'll spoil it. But that is book one. And then book two is her sister Donatella's turn to kind of play the game. I see. And then book three, it balances back and forth between the two characters and just this game takes them into like it, the game blends in with their everyday life and it's no longer a game anymore. It's reality. And um, it's just a, I guess a complex uh, story to kind of try to describe without spoilers, but it was good. I really liked Scarlet. And so I really liked the first book. I think I gave it four stars. I didn't necessarily care for the character Donatella in book two. She's a lot more whiny or something. I don't know. There was just something about her character's personality that I didn't quite like as much as Scarlet's. And I really liked the love story in the first one. And I don't think it's a healthy love story in the second one. Like it has some. Just because it's unhealthy doesn't mean you can't like the book. I know. But for me personally, it was like, I just missed the first characters in the first story. It was what, it was just better. But in the third book, it redeemed itself because they're all back in the story. Right. And so it's like four characters that you really have grown to like are all in the storyline but right. i didn't really care for book two all right so that is the carval series yes did all i talk right. too long about it uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, no you're all right so and we will say probably in the future i'll have more books chances are because you'll probably yes. read more in the summer yeah i'm trying chances are. Um, i gotta get through 60 yeah it's the goal all right so what was the next one you read wicked saints by emily a duncan and this book reminded me of a lot of other books that I've recently read and have talked about on the podcast. Some of you probably remember the books from last month. Um, Siege. and Oh, it was Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. Um, and it kind of had like this Russian feel and you have this chosen one trope, a young girl who has these divine powers and right. um, she teams up with this, a guy who is like a dark side. And so it kind of reminded me of the Darkling from Shadow and Bone. And then it also reminded me of Shadow and Fox, which I talked about recently. Which right. was- so basically, for anyone who hasn't kept a list of all your books, it reminded you of a lot of books you've already read over the last few months. It wasn't you mentioned original. that in the middle yeah. of it. You're like, I don't even want to finish it. <laughs> it was like my the most interesting part happened on page 220. Yeah, it's not, not good. And I was like, we... We could have skipped so much of this in the front and like, I don't know. It just wasn't, it kind of, I really was excited for it. I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but it has a really cool cover. It does. And I thought they talk about a monster in um, the teaser for it. And with the design on the cover, I thought maybe it had something to do with vampires. And I like vampire stories. And it had been a while since I read a vampire story. It has nothing to do with vampires. Yeah. It's a whole, like, imagined monster that I've never even heard of before. I mean, it was still decent. Well, I think if, if you, you haven't, haven't read, read those, the books that I've right. read, you would really like it. But for me, it just reminded me of a lot of other things. And knowing that this is a brand new release that just came out, it's like, it's. I don't want to say... Emily Duncan wasn't inspired by those other stories, but it felt like right. she was. I don't know. Yeah. I feel you. She might have never read them. 
So it could be something she's working on her whole life. I don't know. But it just reminded me of so many other things. Right. And then the next book you read uh, was one I actually was like, hey, you should read this. I mean, not that I was the reason you read it, but I listened to Conan's podcast. Uh, Conan has the best podcast probably on the planet. Yeah, it's good. And he had Michelle Obama on an episode. And them two's chemistry was just really funny on the. I don't think I listened to that one. I don't think you did either. But I came home and told you, hey, you should read her book. Because her and Conan were awesome, and she and I told you some little part about the book. I remember that day, but then you said your mom also wanted someone. You said told you to. Um, and so this book is um, becoming yes by Michelle Obama, and it came out last year okay. in two thousand eighteen. Um, it was really good. You learned so much about Michelle Obama's. It's like an autobiography. Child. It's her correct? memoir. Yeah, okay. it's her story of. Um, her whole life it starts off with her in kindergarten in chicago south side and you know how her classroom was very diverse in the beginning and then eventually with white flight you know she saw her community begin to um, disintegrate slowly around her but her mother refused to leave and you know her parents were very frugal her father had multiple sclerosis which i didn't know right um you know kept quiet about it never complained um, slowly deteriorated as well. Um, and it was obviously heartbreaking for her, but you know, they were modest people and he didn't really want to mess with doctors and things like that. And then it obviously goes to her to going to college at Princeton. Um, she becomes a lawyer and meets Barack. Um, their whole courtship is adorable and just like you would imagine. Um, and so it all happened in the Muslim Brotherhood. So none I of that it. is real. <laughs> none of that is real. Um, but it does talk about all the controversies. Like she touches on pretty much every controversial thing that did come out and how uh, their family was tied to the Reverend. Um, yeah, the crazy preacher guy. I can't think of his name. He right was now. in the Chicago church, though, and he was a crazy, like, black supremacist preacher, right? Right. Well, he like baptized their children and married them, and um, but like they didn't necessarily share all the same views as him. Right. But he was someone that was very close to their family, and uh, it goes into obviously the presidency and what it's like. It was interesting to see, you know, an inside look into the White House. Right. And she didn't want him to run. I know that's part of it. No. Yeah. She was very much against, and she says in here she will never run for president. Herself, like people ask her that all the time, and she's like, "I have no desire, right, to do that ever again in my life." <laughs> yeah, wouldn't either. And she did a wonderful job with her time as first lady. Like, I know a lot of people, especially in the communities that I've been around, have made comments about her healthy initiative about let's move and trying to make healthier food in the cafeteria, and people always, you know, uh, want to put that down, and I don't really know why. Right. So, like, how dare her? I know. We liked it when these kids were getting fed shittier food that tasted a little better. But a part of that uh, that inspired her was before Barack even made it into the White House, uh, Malia's doctor told her that she was in above the body mass and deck. Like, she needed to watch her daughter's weight, basically. Right. Like, it's not a problem yet, but if you continue, it will be. And, as, and she realized it was partially because they had been eating out so much on the campaign and like they just weren't having a healthy diet. And so she brought in, well, not everyone is born with genes like Donald Trump that can eat <laughs> fast food every day and still be in perfect health. 
So you got to be careful. <laughs> well, she brought in this uh, cook to help at the home and he taught her all about uh, vegetables and fruit and just, you know, how to cook seasonally and things like that. And so it inspired her to put in a garden at the White House, uh, like a victory garden kind right. of. And it's it's just really interesting. All that. She, and she, of course, tackled issues with, um, you know, women's education in foreign countries and um, gun violence and things like that. Right. And well, of course, she talks like about it. Trump a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh and do you have plans for your next book? Sure, I got them picked out. I do. And I did, um, after reading this, um, she talks about Barack writing his books. And I did download the audiobook for Barack's Dreams of My Father. It's narrated by Barack as well. So right. at some point, I'll listen to that. And that book, that. that's where it all points off as socialistic ties to the man who's his actual father. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. There's a, I've watched a lot of conspiracy videos because I get curious about them. And there's some guy he mentions in the book who his that guy's teachings are super socialistic. And then so everyone, while Brock was president, was like, see, and he's going to ruin the country because of that. Well, and he I has could, another book out called The Audacity of Hope. Right. And I don't know what's in that one, but it sounds audacious. <laughs> it does. Uh, but yeah, I want to re- listen to that at some point. I don't have the physical copy of the book. I'll probably just listen to it. Um, but I also want to read The Diviners, which is a trilogy right now. I know there's a fourth book coming out. And then um, a couple other ones here and there. So, yeah, have a whole month ahead. Well, good luck. Thanks. So in case anyone's keeping track, I think I just finished my 23rd book of the year. Yeah, you got to step it up. I finished both Wicked Saints and Becoming Today. I don't know if you're going to get to 60. We'll see. I know. You have to get two smaller books. That's my part of it. I definitely don't pick short books. Right. I mean, what's a challenge, you know? If I fail, I fail. It's okay. Yeah, very true. At least I tried. How many books have you read? I've read like a million books this year. (laughs) I'm probably up to like 72 books this year. You should read at least your basketball book. Yeah, I should. Uh, There's a few books I should read up there, but I just never have time. Just a busy, busy person. I have a normal job, and then I do a podcast, and I make beats. That's a lot of stuff to do. Well, you just like video games over books. Like in your spare time, if you had to choose, you would choose video games. Right. And right now, I haven't bought a new video game in a long time. Maybe you should just read a book. And <laughs> I keep just picking stuff and playing it for 10 minutes. I'm like, this isn't it. And I pick some, and this isn't it. Because I have a bunch of you know, games downloaded over the years. Um so anyway, we'll we'll see. Dilemmas. I do need to say because I forgot earlier. I just mentioned my Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast with Mo. And I shout out Snappy and my mom and Hurricane Haynes and Marshall the Dharma Initiative Bear. <laughs> and uh they're the producers, Thanks co-producers for your contributions. of the podcast. And you can too by going to that fucking website, giving me money. Think that's like an un I didn't need to use fucking there. You use it a lot. <laughs> unnecessary places well i just try to be true to me and i wanted to be sincere (laughs) and i think it's weird people get so cringy about it well it's an abrasive word no it's me (laughs) i'm just in touch with my inner uh calm soul that uses i mean i've said it before but i think it's mostly influenced by your use of it (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I sometimes at work, you know, and I say it to those little kindergarten kids. Oh, it's stop, so- <laughs> stop. All right, we're going to go. All right, uh, I think I have someone else coming on, so thanks for coming I on. hope you all enjoy the next guest. Thanks for listening. All right, so if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. What up? We're back, and now I'm going to try to call my friend Justin Shelton. Uh, we went to college together. Uh, we're in a fraternity together, and he is now a lead singer of a band called New Time Zones. Uh, we play their music a lot on our music spinoff podcast, so let's give him a call. Hey, how's it going, dude? So uh, my intro was we were good friends in college in a fraternity, and now you're a lead singer of a band. Do I miss anything else important? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I feel like those are the highlights. Yeah. Um, so how's life been, man? Dude, it's been good. Super busy, super busy, you know, between work and the band and, and you know, just trying to be an adult. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm busy all the time, but I do a lot of stuff in my house, you know, like I'm like, make beats, make a podcast, uh, you know, record vocals or whatever, but I don't perform anywhere outside of my house. So I'm right. sure that adds a whole other level of stress. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean... It gets easier. It really does. Like, I remember my first show, uh, it was so terrifying. (laughs) I mean, the whole time I was up there, like, I just remember, like, shaking. Just, like, you know, like, you could visually, like... I remember talking to Alyssa and she would tell me that that she could just see my like arm shaking the whole time. (laughs) Right. So, you know, but I mean, you know, it's something that you kind of get used to, you get over. Now it's more like, ugh, just got off work. Got to drive a few hours to go play a show and then, you know, get out like one or two in the morning, drive home, get home like four or five in the morning and then go uh, back to work the next day. Those are the those are the tough ones. <laughs> right. Definitely. And uh, real quick. So I said the name of your band is New Time Zones. Um, what sort of genre of music do you all classify as? Man, we just say we're a rock band, you know, Um I don't know. People people describe us in so many different ways, and and ever nobody can really put a pinpoint on what it is. So we just tell everybody we're just like we're a rock band. I, th- I mean, it's just I'm trying to remember the- what my wife said. I think she said it was either shoegazer or stargazer. Rock. <laughs> yeah, and I was shoe- like, I didn't know. What it was. <laughs> I never heard of it, so I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoegaze. <laughs> uh, a lot of shoegaze though is kind of like. Um, I don't know, like ambient uh, or oh, just yeah. all instrumental kind of music, you know, just where you like play and just stare at your shoes. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, y'all's is definitely more rock. Um, and then I play you on our music spinoff podcast, and y'all are our only rock alt group really that we've had. Um, and that's what I just call y'all because I don't really want like classic rock, and I definitely don't want heavy metal rock on my podcast, just not anything I enjoy. Um, but I do enjoy um, – like a softer alt rock, I don't know, whatever the fuck you would call that. So yeah. I, I do enjoy y'all's music. We play them all the time, and we've gotten good feedback where people seem to like it. So that's awesome. There you go. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I know I'm bringing in y'all so many <laughs> listens with my very popular podcast. 
Uh, <laughs> every everybody everybody counts, you know. I mean, and plus you just never know when that one is going to really count. So right. You I know, was explaining uh, to my wife about Little Nas X earlier. I was like, he was nobody two months ago. So and look at him now. He has a number one yeah. song. I'm not saying I like that song, but just right. the, the world's crazy. <laughs> the world's yeah, crazy. yeah. Uh, but where did y'all's band name come from? Because I've been curious of that. So the before before I joined up with the guys, um, there was it was Otto, who is now our fifth member and the new guitarist of the band. Uh, he kind of came back around full circle, full circle. But uh, before I joined the band, it was Otto and Harry, the bass player, and David Ray, the lead guitarist. And those three had been writing songs and music and. Uh, but they were just an instrumental band. They never even considered like adding a vocalist at that time. Right. And um, then they had another friend that they did um, started writing vocals with. And uh, his name was Ben Houck. And he um, he wrote a song called Time Zones and then ended up moving away. And whenever he moved away, they took the song that he had written and kind of reworked it several times. And uh we ended up calling it new time zones, the song. And then we were like, man, that would make for a really cool band name. And, um, yeah. And it, it just kind of went like that. And then it was like, yeah. And plus NTZ rolls off real easy. You know, I'm like, yeah, I like that. So yeah, that's just kind of how we ended up going with that. Right. I like it. Um, something else, uh, I guess I can touch on is I've sampled some of your songs to make beats. So, uh, me and you basically started talking about music uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe more because back yeah. in college, uh, I, I rapped or freestyled or whatever, but that's yeah. not like, I mean, it is real music, but it's not, it's not playing instruments. It's different. And, uh, you were getting into it. I remember you gave me your Xbox cause you were like, I'm going to get into music. <laughs> I can't yeah. have video games. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. And so, uh, I remember all that. And so you got more into music there and you were basically hitting me up, basically saying like, you could make beats if you tried and then you yeah. and then other people uh kind of just telling me to is like last june so it's been almost a full year i like, took a week off work watch youtube learned how to make beats and now that's like what i do all the time um but i sampled some of your music made a beat made a song to it that i really like a lot and i like my favorite beats i make are ones i sample your songs but i also don't sample very much i only sample uh, basically all songs for the most part. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if I'm sampling, you know, like the hip hop style of sampling, but it's very cool. So just want to say if anyone's listening to my music, they've heard your music, even if they don't know it. Hell yeah. That's dope. <laughs> you know, dude, it's crazy what you can learn on YouTube these days. Right. Uh, I've been kind of getting into like, um, I, I don't know. I have this want to kind of learn how to like program video games a little bit, at least like, some pretty easy phone app games. And so I've yep. been watching YouTube videos on how to code lately. When I was just uh, like, man, everything is just like right here now. It's weird. Yeah. Right before uh, I started this podcast, actually, that was like one of my things I was going to learn how to do. And I spent like a good, a good few days, but I don't, I took programming one in college, which was like C plus plus. And it yeah. was fucking tough. It really was. I didn't really, I got past it, got a C, you know, that's not great. Uh, but I was like, man, I that think I was... tried to take that class. I actually think I dropped it. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even finish that well, one. <laughs> it was my first semester and my advisor was like, it's the hardest class 
you'll have to take outside of a math class because you know, I was a math major. So they're like, yeah. just get it out of the way. And so because I was brand new, I just didn't even understand dropping was a thing yet. So I was like, yeah. I'm just going to keep going. But it was really hard. So I tried to do – the phone stuff seems easier because I did make at least a working uh, game. Of I have a tank in the middle of the screen and enemies yeah. would run at you and you could click them <laughs> and, and attack them with bullets or whatever. I just got that running on my phone. And I was like, but this is really fucking hard. And I don't know if this is for me. The music, yeah. way more for me, but yeah. a lot more people do it. So it's yeah, a little sure. oversaturated. but Definitely is a little oversaturated. And the industry is just kind of like in the dumps right now. I mean, Spotify doesn't pay anything. So there's like, there's, there's just, you know, not a lot of ways of making income. I mean, playing shows is the the biggest way that we actually make money off of what we do. Right. Um, so it's kind of tough in that area. And then the, you're right. The oversaturation makes it real hard because there's a lot of noise out there and, um, you know, people are, it's just so easy to just scroll, scroll over things. And we're, you know, we all want like instant gratification. So you, you click play on a song and you give it like three seconds and you're like, eh, that's enough. Right. Well, and it's also like, uh, for instance, I'm, as of when this podcast comes out, I would have uploaded two beats of my, I'm going to try to start selling beats now, the whole idea. And uh, that is, it's a dumb idea in a way because, you know, a lot of people sell beats and what makes me different. Now, I personally think my beats have their own sort of thing going for them, but I'm sure everyone thinks that. But then also like people have like just figured out algorithms. So like, you know, they'll be like, oh, you can just cheat the YouTube system by making your beats come up first. You're like, I don't know how to do that. So yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is all bullshit. Like, it seems like <laughs> a no-win scenario. The only thing that gives me hope is uh, on July 4th, I have an EP coming out uh, with this uh, electronic producer, I guess is what he is, from Australia. Awesome. We've uh, collabed up on some stuff, and he's so much more talented than me. I'm very lucky. Um, now, I do think my lyrics I've provided him, it's fun. He can do cool shit with them. So I'm not saying yeah. I'm completely uh, worthless, but he's definitely more talented than me. And it's like the coolest shit ever. So even if no one cares about it, I will have that forever. And I'll be like, yeah. fuck yeah. So I always just try to hold on to that stuff. You know, like I think it's cool. And I have a few friends that like it. Um, yeah. And that actually reminds me, I do need to give you, I don't know if you listen to our music spinoff episodes. We play you every once in a while. I normally send you an email when we do, but the one that's going to come out uh, two days from now of when this episode comes out, we have Pow Wow on, right? And Pow Wow is way messed up, but we play <laughs> one of your songs and your song made Pow Wow get a Spotify account. So really before that he was like uh, i don't know and then he heard your song and he was like there's no way i'm i'm getting spotify right now so there you go wow that's awesome that's awesome and he's up in tulsa now so next time y'all play up there let him know i'm sure he'll try to make some shit really when did he get up there uh i mean see it's almost a year now because i canceled Dang. our old podcast uh whenever he moved up there so it's been almost a year dang i didn't know that yeah i'll have to hit him up for sure yeah, man, music's uh, it, it's a special thing. I say it to myself all the time, and it's it's weird. Once you get to a certain point, you know, I just feel like I've been doing it for so long, and I've been working so hard on this band and everything like that that like it's hard to imagine not doing it anymore. <laughs> you know, I feel like I come to that point in my life where I'm like, I've done this long enough now that without doing it, it would just feel empty. 
Right. So, you know, music has that weird special place that, you know, especially when, you know, you create it and everything like that, it, it gets personal. Right. And, uh, uh on, yeah. I think the episode before this one was snappy. I actually talked about like something I didn't expect when I started the podcast was like, Oh, it's a machine now that keeps running and I feel an obligation to do it. Even if no one really cares, like you just have to do it. And then the same with music, uh, friends, I just have finished all these beats. So for like the last two weeks, I've been doing nothing but uploading beats to the internet, like not actually making music. And now that I'm done with that, I'm like, well, what do I do now? And like I've been fucking jonesing all day. The only reason I haven't made any new music is I knew I was recording this and I had to mix another podcast. So I had the podcast to kind of balance it out. But it's definitely a weird uh, void when you're not doing yeah. it. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do y'all have any f- future music in the works? It seems like it's been – I don't know how often y'all plan on releasing stuff. I know like you said, your performing is your bread and butter. So why waste time uh, on well, the albums necessarily? Um, yeah, we we've actually been playing. We've played so many shows this year. It's been, it's just it's just been back to back. Um, you know, sometimes this this week we put, we have three shows. So, uh, and that's like me working six days at my day job as well. So it's just kind of one of those uh, weeks. But we've got um, we are working on some new music. Um, we've been in the studio. I've, I'm the last thing that's holding us up right now. I've got to finish writing vocals, um, or writing, writing lyrics and uh, a couple of melodies still, but, um, we're about to release five more songs. I actually think we're going to release them, um, as singles as we go though. And then when we get to the end of all the singles then we'll basically put it all together and, and repackage it as an EP or something like that. Um, it kind of seems like releasing singles these days, it seems to be the way to go. That's what I'm reading uh, as well. Um, and I've yeah. never done that. I'm always like, you'll wait till the whole collection's done. Cause I'm, I love albums, right? Like I listen to albums yeah. still. And I'm like, I think it needs to all be a collective and the order of songs are important. Like that's just how I am. But everyone I know is like, fuck that. You're doing it wrong. Put out singles. No one cares about well, your collections of songs. Yeah. So. So one thing that we had done with this is we had the the concept in mind for how we wanted the full album to go um, before we started working on it. So we had stage one was the last EP that we released. And then this upcoming one will be stage two. And then we're going to add some bonus songs onto that and some little instrumental filler. Just kind of fill out the album real nice. And uh, then that'll be the um, the the album. and uh, so it'll tell, it'll all go together. Like it was meant to be that way in the first place. But yeah, we've, we've had to release or we're getting to the point where we're going to start releasing singles because whenever we release music, um, you know, we would release, we'd release a single and then we'd release a second single and then we just release the EP, you know, and there would be three songs on there that would get thrown on the EP and people would listen to the singles but nobody would take the time to listen to the other three songs. I mean, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even ever click on to begin with, you know, and some of these people, they might listen to the single several times and, you know, put it on a playlist and listen to it and still never go. So it almost feels like you have to release singles these days. It's it's weird. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for mine, the kind of way I only have one EP on Spotify and it's eight tracks. Now the eighth track does well because it's a song I sampled of yours. And so I've told people like, 
hey, I sampled, you know, our friend Shelton's band. Check it out. And I've put a link to just that song. So that has a few listens. Um, but like tracks like five, six, and seven had like so few listens compared to tracks one, two, three, and four. Right. And I think it's because yeah. just the way they display, if you pulled up the thing, like Spotify shows you the first few songs. Yeah. You know, and so people yeah. click those and they don't even click the other ones, I guess. I don't. I don't know. I try to get everyone from our music Spotify or our music spinoff Spotify playlist listens by just keeping my work computer go spinning all day, just playing all of our <laughs> music all day. So I'm trying to do what I can for for the community around here. <laughs> That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. But yeah, Spotify is convenient for as a listener. You know, I enjoy using it, but definitely as a user or as like a musician yeah. getting paid. From what I understand, it doesn't. It, it doesn't pay well, but then again, like I've never had success in music. So like, I don't expect to get paid at the moment. So it doesn't bother me necessarily, but it's just like, it's a lot. It's, I can't remember how many, how many listens it is. I'd like to say, I thought it was like 1400 listens equals something. I saw something, the other, someone share something about that the other day. Yeah. It was like, it was like $1,400 a month would be like 360,000 plays or something like that right. which is a substantial amount of, of plays <laughs> you know right uh so you know you gotta think even when you get in the millions it's still not very that's a lot of streams and it's not a lot of money right and so you just can't you know you can't you just can't depend on that that alone anyways right in which uh like i use distro kit at the moment i think you've told me before you use cd baby is that correct yeah yeah, and, we've used CD Baby in the past. And so I do like the fact, at least for DistroKid, it'll just add it to like all the stores. So like it yeah. is also an iTunes. And I can choose not to do Spotify. I just put it on everything because I'm like, oh, I don't know. Who cares? I, I'll just put it everywhere for now is how I feel about it. But uh, I haven't seen any sales anywhere ever. And it's and I'm sure you have moments like this, but like I'll see people because you can see on Spotify people's monthly listeners, you know, like how many they get. And yeah. I have very, very few. And I understand my music is, uh, at least the EP I have, is very specific. It's very sad rap stuff. Um, but there's people that's music is just trash, and they're like, over a 1,000 listens on this song. And I'm like, how does this happen? So that's yeah. also another moment where you're like, ah, it's f- fucking so, internet. <laughs> yeah. Our, man, our, our Spotify streams really aren't that great either. We haven't really gotten out a lot as far as uh, – just out to the general public, the streams that we do have and the listens that we have are people that we've actually like, you know, caught their attention from live shows or something like that or along the way. Um, and one of the reasons why is, is when you add them to CD baby and to distro kid, um, if you do it and set your release date out far enough in advance, and I guess, I don't know, something about the algorithm, but you you want to get your um, songs curated on Spotify so they get added to playlists. Because right. well, there's tons of musicians um, right now that are doing really well that way. And we always rushed ours. Like when we released our last EP, we rushed it so fast because we were like, oh, these are the plans we want to get done, you know? And we kind of like had these plans in motion before we really even like were actually ready to set them. And so we ended up rushing everything. And so this time around, we're like, all right, we're going to have the product in hand. We're going to have like all of our ideas ready to go before, like we're going to take our time. <laughs> right. What I've heard is you want a month before the release date because on Spotify, um, 
you know, your Spotify for artists page, you can submit to the Spotify playlist, but they normally need like a month to listen and actually get to it. And then if they yeah. get to it after it releases, they're less likely to accept it for whatever reason. Yeah. Like they want to yeah. get in there. Um, so for instance, I mentioned I'm making an EP uh, with a guy and I'm hoping he gets it done with a month left, but like, it's so awesome. I can't complain. And he's doing the majority of the work, you know, on uh, the mixing and all that. So if it makes it, it makes it. Um, but I told him the other day, like, Hey, if we get up this up a month before I just read, that's the key to all this stuff. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely taking your time and, and planning things out, <laughs> and you know, YouTube, when you actually like we mentioned have the earlier. product in hand. Yeah. Like you can oh, look yeah, up there's a so lot many of ways of going about it. Um, so I guess, let's see, I guess we kind of cover most of your rocks up. Any other things you need to mention about your music career here that we haven't touched on? Um, I don't know. Uh, something I was saying earlier, we were kind of, um, we played a lot of shows this year. Um, one thing we're going to change, we're going to start playing less shows, but playing bigger shows and more thought out and planned shows. And we're going to start working on just content generation. Um, we've got the music that we're preparing to release, um, you know, in the short term, pretty much ready. But, um, as soon as we get finished with this, we're going to start releasing, um, a lot. We're going to work on trying to just get more songs out as we go instead of trying to like package them together. So we actually will start releasing more singles. And we've been talking too about like, like let's start doing a lot more music videos, even if it's just us with a VHS camera, like following each other through the streets or something, you know, just whatever kind of visual or, or just entertaining videos. Um, it would almost be cool to even just get a video, a song out. So those are kind of like the ideas we're talking is just, let's just like, let's really work on our online presence and let's start like getting more content going all the time. But of course, you know, it requires time. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I completely understand. That's kind of what I do. I like to at least post one thing a day if I can. Now, I kind of cheat because I've combined my podcast, my beat making and my rapping all into one like Instagram page. So I can like, you know, this day's a podcast and this day's a beat and can kind of do it that way. But it does help me get some followers by at least getting something out there, you know. Absolutely. So I think that is definitely a, a good idea there for sure. Um, all right. I don't. I think I don't really have too much else. Are there any old college stories we need to get out before you leave? Like anything that just comes to mind? You're like, oh, that was a fun time. <laughs> there were plenty of there were plenty of fun times. I just don't know if we can talk about the <laughs> uh, the legality is if it's over seven years, unless you murdered someone, then you can pretty much talk about it uh, and can't be in trouble for it. So. <laughs> I think we're Dude, fine. I remember those college days though. Uh we hung out quite a bit. Yeah. Uh I remember always always going over and hanging out in uh, uh yeah, ooh, I was just the place bongs, man. Exactly. That that's the thing. That was the key of why people wanted to hang out with me. And Travis, I plan on having him on next week is the goal. Fingers crossed it all works. Um and I, I forget for sometimes when I'm thinking about it, because you and Travis were like our pledge uncle and pledge dad or whatever, y'all would be around a little bit and all the pledges hung out at my house. So if even yeah. from the very beginning, y'all were always around. Um, and then eventually, you know how it gets in the fraternity. Uh, some guys you just don't like, so you don't hang out with them. But like, yeah. I liked y'all, so I still hung out with y'all. Y'all weren't people that like I quit hanging out with just because <laughs> I didn't do the shit. So um, that, that does happen from time to time. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude, there's there's a lot of good times back then. Uh, it's crazy to think how long it, that has been already. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. I remember when I was looking back and I was like, man, high school was ten years ago. Now I'm like, dang, college was ten years ago. Yeah, I like, uh, actually today I told my wife I was like, oh shit, I haven't lived with my parents in like thirteen years. Like, yeah. isn't that cr- like that? You know, like since I got out of high school and like left, you know, it was getting pretty close to that. And I was like, that's that's just crazy to think about because it doesn't feel like that. I mean, when I go home, I'm like, oh, shit, this isn't my house, you know, or whatever. And I see my parents, but I still feel like, yeah, I was just here. But then when you like stop yeah. and really think about it, you're like, oh, no, that is not the case. No, it's not. It's so crazy. Right. It's so crazy how fast it goes. Yeah, and I still live in Ada, uh, where we went to college at. So, like, whenever school starts up and you see kids on campus, you're like, oh, God, they're so young looking. I must <laughs> I be an ancient old man. Yeah, I get that, too, though, because I live in uh, in Stillwater. So, I, I live in, a, you know, a college town as well. So, I see these kids running around. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm old. Yeah, but it's... It happened. <laughs> I act like an old man, so it fits me pretty well. Uh, I just try to lean hard into it. And then everyone just lately, everyone's called me grumpy. So I've been just really leaning <laughs> hard into I'm pissed off about everything and fucking kids, you know, <laughs> that's the way I like to do it. Yeah. Right on. But all right, man, I'm sure we'll have you back. If you ever have anything to promote, of course, you know, definitely. And like I said, you're on the music podcast uh, coming out in two days. So anyone out there, check that out. We do want more alternative rock music is what I call it. Uh, so if you know anyone that makes some cool rock music, I think you have a friend, Catlock. She submitted one song. We played her once. Um, but that's it. Besides that, it's all been y'all. And then rappers. So Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Putting the call people out there. should definitely submit their music. <laughs> yeah, because you'll get people like Kurt Thiz who, like, he loves your songs now. He's always playing that shit. So. Yeah. Sounds yeah, like he, future he, uh, apocalypse. He posted or, the other day some a lyric line, I think. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, yeah. Everybody well, likes that. He, on the music episode, says it's like, if you were the apocalypse, but in the future and like you lost everything, this is the music you would have. Something like that. I don't know. He tried to describe it. So <laughs> that's, that's awesome. The, that's the feedback we give on this professional podcast. But, all right, man. <laughs> thanks for being on. And uh, everyone go look up New Time Zones. And if you're in Oklahoma, they're probably performing. I, I told I tell people to follow your Facebook page because you normally put your dates on there, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's probably the easiest way to find out if you want to come see y'all and shit. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Mo. Yeah, no problem, man. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Later. Never end